1: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball on this episode. We are going to go over the Astros and A's, and by us, I mean my special guest, Steven Peterson. Steve, what's up, buddy? What's up, what's up, what's up? How are you, bud? I'm good. If if you guys want to know the backstory, when I went to the missions game to watch the Hooks play the missions, I met Stephen at the gate going into the game. And now we're good now, and here you are on the podcast. I
2: legitimately was listening to the podcast on the way to, I believe it was the opening series or second series of the season for the mission. You were wearing the podcast shirt. I said, hey, do you like that show? You said, oh, you talked to me about it. He said, by the way, I'm Rob. What? 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 And we we (laughs) kind of hit it off. Yeah. uh, Ended up sitting right next to each other, had a few beverages, enjoyed some baseball, and. The rest is history, you know?
1: And you got a Rhett Coba assigned baseball. I did. Dude, I that did. guy was like the uh, pitcher of the month in the minor leagues for the Astros. And he got called up to AAA just now. So he's, so hold on to that thing. Well, I was about to say he got called up. And, and what's so crazy about him is
2: he's not a big guy. And he throws, some he's not. Gas. Right? He's like a high school kid, he throws some gas. And a sweeping slider, and you're just like,
1: okay, I'll take it. When I was down there talking to him, I felt like I was talking to a little kid.
0: I and thought when he you was wa- like when you watch him
1: pitch, you're like, that guy's a stud. But it's just different. I, it's it's nuts. He's really really good. So anyway, we had a three and three homestand. I just saw that uh, waiting for you to log in on the old. There's always some good information after each game, but I really don't watch it. But you can get some good stuff there. But. uh <laughs> Anyway, as you guys know, it's always nice to end the series on a win. Uh, The Astros dropped the first two games versus Oakland. That sucked. Uh, But let let me bring this up first. I was reading the Houston Chronicle. I wasn't really reading it. I guess I read a story on Twitter or something or X, whatever it's called. And it was, should we be concerned about the Astros' September swoon? And somebody that listens likes this. It's Michael Shapiro. He likes me to give credit to guys that uh, write the story so what it said in the stories the astros are five and six in september and that was before today's games now they're six and six they're two and six at home now that's three and six but he, he put some pretty cool things out there each of the last seven world series champions posted a winning record in september in 2017 the astros were 21 and eight and last year they won 22 out of the last 31 games so Are you concerned at all about how the Astros are playing in September? I am
2: very concerned about how we're playing at home. Not so much how we're playing in September, just at home in general. It is such a frustrating and weird thing the way the entire season's gone. And it's just, I don't understand how a team can be so different at home. It just, especially this team that's been so good at home for so long mainly the main roster same rosters there not a ton of turnover how how, what what has happened you know what i mean that's my main concern is what has happened you know the the right guys are starting to come around is it going to happen or not that's my main thing you know
1: it seems like with injuries the the core group is just now barely getting together michael brantley came back i can't remember the numbers bud but they were talking about it, I think, last night. At the, the, at the amount of runs Altuve's been scoring, he's been back for like 40 games. I don't know what it is, but like 40 games and he has 40 runs. Something like that. It's ridiculous. Let's see if I can find it. He right. has... So I'll, let me say something else while you look it up. The Phillies lost eight of the last 12 games last year and they reached the World Series. And that's one of those things where... Sometimes the best team doesn't get there. It's just the team that's hottest. And in 2015, we should have beat these guys. But the Kansas City Royals, they were the last team to have a losing record in September. They were 15-17, and 17, the last team to win a World Series. Did you find them numbers? I have. So they might have meant
2: after his second injury, he's been back 40 games or 40 runs. But overall, he's got 75 games played and uh, 68 runs this year. So he's, But he's been on a very hot streak of 40 and 40 since that second injury. So, I mean, he's been crushing it since he's – when he is healthy this year, it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. All right, so we, we look at games one and two, and I do a TikTok video before each game, and I boldly – and it's not even boldly. You got Framber and JV in both games. I'm like, we're going to win. I guarantee it. And we don't win either one of them. In game one, Framber – Went seven innings and allowed three runs on four hits. He had 10 strikeouts. He pitched really, really good, but the Astros offense had three hits. Three hits and two walks. They lose four to zero. 0 for five runners in scoring position. They left five on base. Oakland had four runs and seven hits. Framer gave up two home runs, but he pitched good enough for us to beat Oakland. I completely agree, and it, it... –
2: It's so interesting to me because on the way home uh, a little bit ago, I got to watch up to the eighth inning, and then I got in the car. And uh, on the Astros' radio, Bagwell was on there calling the game. He said something interesting to me, and I want to get – so Framber pitched good enough for us to beat the A's, and the offense had three hits, as you just said. Yeah. And Bagwell said, and I quote about tonight's game, this is what we can do if we just get a little bit of starting pitching. We can get to this bullpen, dominate, and win it all again. End quote. And my thought was, a lot of it's not the pitching this year because we've lost a lot of close games. So I thought that was very interesting, especially this series. We coming into today, we scored, we we were outscored ten to two.
1: Yeah. How how can you? I, tell I think that? what it is is like the Astros will score twelve runs and then they score zero, then they score eleven, and then they score one. They're just, they're really inconsistent. And I'm, I got to say, like they have the talent to be the best team in baseball. But, and I'm shocked that they're in first place, the how inconsistent they are. And that record at home is just amazing.
2: Yeah. I, I just, I don't understand. It's almost like the Mets this year. They paid for everything. They had the, you know, on paper, <laughs> best roster in baseball, and it just fell apart. I mean, we're not falling apart, but to what we fans and people that view the game and the Astros for the last six years have seen, this is falling apart for us. You know what I mean? It's
1: peaks and valleys this year. Yeah, we've talked about it on the podcast before, whoever I've had on. And it's just the fans are freaking out this year because they're used to being comfortably in first place. And Steffi was on the last time I think, and sh- and we were both. Uh, I don't know. Let's see what your opinion is of this. I actually think that this is the first year that we get to scoreboard watch. I'm watching. I'm watching Texas. I'm watching Seattle. I'm watching Toronto and what they do every game, and it's fun. It's a little stressful, but it's fun.
2: You added that last word at the end. I was going to say <laughs> it is fun. We get to be. I mean, obviously we're Astros fans, but we get to be the sport of baseball fans even more because we're not as dominant. So it is fun in that aspect, but you added the exact word. It's very stressful. You know, we we should have come out of these first two games, like you said, the first one, you can't lose. You can't lose these games
1: to a 100-loss team. There's just no excuse. At home, just no excuse. So game two is JV. I got a little bit here. Top of the first, he gave up an RBI single and a two-run homer, and we're down three to zero. I'm thinking is going to throw like seven scoreless inning, uh, mow down like 10 batters, but it didn't happen. Uh, we had the bases loaded with one out, and Tucker grounded out. We got a run, and then I think Abreu struck out, so th- there's a little opportunity there they had an rbi double tony kemp had home run number five that's how bad it was going for jv as far as giving up dingers that was tony kemp's fifth home run and they're up five to one we make it five to two six to two they win the astros had two runs on six hits a little better than game one but still not enough to win jv didn't do as well as framber but he did go seven that's that's one thing about having these two studs in the in the uh, rotation. But he had eight hits and five runs, but he gives up the long balls. But he didn't walk anybody, but they had a combined 17 strikeouts. That's pretty good. Just not not enough offense. So I have a, I have a
2: question because we have a running theme over here. Um, one of my best friends, Nick, and a bunch of the guys that I get to see him bowl with, when it's a Verlander day, we talk about, like you said, you expect him to go long and, and do great. But we always talk about who's he going to get up his home run to in the first two innings. He, it, it's it, And it, it's not just this year. I remember when he was here his first stint, when we first got him, and then his Cy Young year last year, playing every game. You're going to have a home run in the first two games. You just have to outscore it. And the way our yeah. offense and team is playing right now, you know JV's going to do it and then be a lockdown stud. But until then, our offense has got to back him up. You know, it, it's just not happening. And, I mean, he gave up, uh, what was it, uh, five earned, which is not a JV outing like usual. Usually two or three off homers is what you expect from him. With yeah, like two two ten, solo
1: shots. Yeah, 10
2: to 12 shots. You, if
1: you're not watching the game and you see the score, it's two to zero. You're like, all right, JV probably gave up two solo shots. That's why we're down two to zero. The only offense we had, Dubon went two for three, and he scored. My boy Maldi went one for two with a walk. And then Tucker and Payne you drove in the only two runs. But uh I don't know. So are you comfortable? Let me ask you this. Are you comfortable? And I already said I was, with JV and Framber heading into the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Those two. Yeah, me too. I'll
2: I will get to the one guy I'm comfortable or uncomfortable. I'm only uncomfortable with one guy in our rotation, and we'll get to him.
1: Mm, that's very interesting. All right. So both. Starters went seven innings, 10 strikeouts, and seven strikeouts, and we lost. So that's not good. So let's look at today's lineup. I got a lot of notes on today. So we breezed past the first two games we lost. Who wants to hear about that? Nobody, right? So Singleton's in there for Abreu. Yiner's in there for Maldi, which is an addition. And then Myers is in there for Chaz, right? So I look at this lineup. And some people are like, Singleton? Like, where's Chaz? Like, we want the optimum lineup. And when I looked at it, I was like, you know what? When you have JV and Framberg get beat by the Oakland A's and you kind of sub the bench on a, on a the last game of the series, this is the kind of games you win. And the Astros almost no-hit these dudes, and we'll get to that later, but it was crazy.
2: Yeah, if you look at the other two games, Abreu, the previous two games against the A's, 0 for 7. To Chaz, who got benched today, was uh, also 0 for 7. Well, there so you I go. Feel like, I we feel didn't lose like, anything. Yeah, I feel like uh, Dusty doing that tonight was kind of a look. Who is going to go out, like kind of a light the fire <laughs> under their butts. Who's going to go out there and win, play some ball for me type thing? Granted, the guys he put in were 8 for 2.
1: Well, so, let's look at it. Singleton got a hit. Yeah, Diner got a maybe. hit. I don't know if Myers did. Did Mike, Jake Myers? He, he, he got
2: one. He got one There you go. Least.
1: So, they all got hits. And the other guys they took the place of, they all got 0 for 7. But you, we, we brought up this. We were talking about this earlier. I, I think this is the best lineup they could put out there. And they had it one game. But I think they lost. Maybe, maybe they didn't. But it was Altuve, Pena, Alex Bregman, Jordan, Tucker, Abreu, Brantley, Chaz, and Yiner—the most ultimate, optimal, whatever you want to call it—lineup offensively that the Astros can put out there.
2: So that lineup, I believe it was against the Padres.
1: So maybe we yeah. won that.
2: So that was against the Padres. That's the game we won, twelve to two.
1: Well, there you go. That's a good lineup. So
2: we did do We did do the uh, yesterday's game close to that, except we had. not really close. We had Chaz and Dubon in there. Oh, we did the first game against the A's. That exact lineup, except we had Maldi catching. And we only got three hits. We're just switching out Maldi, not saying he was the reason. Because he's your guy. He is my guy.
1: Not going to go in on Maldi. So it was pretty close. Yiner only played one time. Yeah. He only played today. But um, let me go over the uh, Stataruskis here. Game three, it was Hunter Brown. His last seven games, two and four. With a 6.83 ERA, 29 innings pitch, 22 runs. For me, ranking the starters one through five, he's number five for me. But today, he did amazing. The scoring went like this, folks. I know you watched it. Bottom of the third, Jordan with a three-run homer. 27th home run of the year. Will he get? Oh, wait. 88 RBIs. That's what I wanted to ask you. I would, I was going to ask if he's going to get 30. Is he going to get 30 and 100? How many games are left? Like 14 or 12? Uh, 15. I know there's only one homestand left.
2: 15. We have six against the Royals and then nine against winning teams.
1: I see he has more chance to get the RBIs than he does the 30 homers.
2: Three homers, like I said. Three homers or 12 15.
1: RBIs. Which one comes first? RBI's come first. Yeah, I do see especially
2: too. especially with the way the the top of our lineup is heading. Uh, RBI's one hundred percent come first. <laughs> I do think he gets to thirty though. With, all with right, six against the Royals, all on the road. I think Ooh. he is to thirty. I think they're all on the road. But yeah, we, I, we I, had
1: I, three games against the A's, and then three games against the. Royals, you're thinking that's six and zero right there.
2: Yeah, but. we're getting that's that's what I was. We're we're gonna get to that because th- those <laughs> are the only two Hunter lost baseball teams. I mean, I'm close to thinking, and we play them
1: nine times at the end we, of the year.
2: If we go two and one these next three games, we go five hundred against the only two Hunter lost baseball teams. Yeah, we got to sweep or
1: at least you know something. Something's got to happen these next three games. All right. So after that, Alex Bregman hit a home run. And that was the 18th time. I didn't know this, and I don't even know if that's a lot. It seems like a lot. 18 times that the Astros have went back-to-back. Yordan's uh, home run. What do you think about that? What would you say? It was 117. What yeah, was, what was I it about that? The,
2: cr- the crazy stat is it was 117.7 off the bat, and that is the hardest hit home run in Astros history since StatCast has been around. Now StatCast is only twenty (laughs) fifteen, so about, you know, eight, nine years, depending on when it came in. But I mean, statistically with what you can keep track of, it's the hardest hit home run ever by an Astro. Just insane to think of, you know, the guys we've had even since twenty fifteen.
1: Yeah. He wrapped it around the pole too. I didn't even know it was a home run. A
2: walk, a walk, and then bam.
1: Todd Callis called it. I didn't see it. I mean, I saw it. I thought it might be foul. Uh, then Yiner had an RBI double. Brantley came in 5-0. to zero. And then Kyle Tucker. I didn't even realize this. I'm not going to lie. He got home run number 100, which is awesome. But it was his first hit of the series. Yep. First of the
2: series, 100th home run. Now, what I think this is, if you remember, he was stuck on 99 RBIs for a long time very long time and he got over that against the Padres and he's already up to 105 leading the AL this is home run number 100 he's looking to be the first Astro to go 30 for 30 with homers and steals since Jeff Bagwell who's the only other Astro to ever do it I think now he's got this off his back he's got the RBIs off his back he's got Jordan in front of him you know there's protection all around him it's time for him to just this home run is gonna spark Tucker for us. I think he's gonna be back to start of the year MVP candidate Kyle Tucker.
1: So you're saying he was hung up on a hundred on ninety you know, trying to get that one hundredth home yep. run just like he was the RBIs. And you don't think the going for the 30-30 is gonna hang him up? He's 27 and 28.
2: No yeah. way I, he doesn't
1: get that. I mean, stolen bases so. for sure. I've seen him steal two bases and two pitches. So I know he's gonna get the stolen yeah. bases. Yeah, he's definitely going to get there. He's got to get on base, though. Man. You can't go one for 15 against the Oakland A's and and get it. You
2: you know, Kyle Tucker is the same way. He doesn't go in many slumps. But when he does go in slumps, it's for four or five games. And then he's good for eight games. (laughs) Then it's four games again. Then he's good for 12. You know, it's just this whole weird. Like I said, this whole year has just been so weird. Just so weird for us.
1: Yeah. It's been a weird game. There was a lot of people like, we're never gonna catch Texas. And we're like, dude, it's early. It's not early. It's not early. It's early. Chill out. We're good. Don't worry about it. And I mean, we're only winning the the division the, the by one, but I'm still comfortable. I mean I'm I just think a, I think the Astros are gonna do just enough. Just enough to win it. I think a lot of the
2: fans that were doing that is what we talked about earlier. We're having a scoreboard watch this year. We're not used to it. So, for the first time in a while, you're, oh, man, can can we actually lose? Are we not the best team in the AL by 30 games? What's what's going on? Yeah. So, I think it's just the world is falling when it's really take it easy. And like Aaron Rodgers said a couple of years ago, relax. <laughs> just relax.
1: Aaron Rodgers. Uh-oh. All right. So, this should have been, and it could have been, and it would have been, The first thing we talked about tonight, the Astros had a no-hitter going into the ninth inning. A combined no-hitter, Hunter Brown, five innings, no hits, no runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. They were interviewing Dusty after the game, and someone asked him, why didn't you send him out there for the sixth? And he said, well, his pitch count was already sort of up there, and I wanted him to leave this game on a high note, and I'm okay with that. Was his pitch count up there, though?
2: He's only at 78. I don't believe that part, but I do believe the part he wanted to get Hunter on a high note. This game brings him 11-11. He's 500 pitcher again. I am really big on Hunter Brown. I think it was a good move by Dusty. You know, he was throwing everything, had a couple walks. I think he had one hit by pitch and two or three walks. So not the best there, but he looked good. He looks like he had the stuff, you know, that the fastball was there, everything was there. Yep. And uh, getting that ERA back below five, low pitch count, keeping him good coming into the playoffs. And I know you said you have him as our fifth best. I
1: Yeah. His, ERA, his ERA was over nine. Yeah. September, but I think he's going to drive that down. Oh yeah. But I, I like him not, I mean, if he would have went in the sixth inning and had two strikeouts and gave up a home run, it would kind of erase this feeling he had maybe, but. He gets to walk out of the game saying, hey, I threw five no-hit innings in a Major League Baseball game. Uh, Montero, this guy is somebody everybody wanted to get rid of. I thought it was the greatest, like, when they – because they picked him up fast in the offseason. And he, it at times, has been garbage, but he's been goodly. He's been the Montero that we wanted. Narris did good. Abreu, everybody did their job. Everybody did their job except Presley who gave up a single and a sack fly six to two Presley, two hits and a walk, gave up two runs. Now I'm not really worried about that. That has nothing to do with my confidence in Ryan Presley, but I sure wish he could have no hit those dudes. It could have been a great moment for the Astros.
2: So with, with Presley, you're thinking you bring him in to keep the no hitter, or do you bring him in to take off the rust? Cause he had not pitched since Saturday. So this is the first time he pitched since Saturday. The last three weeks, I mean, you go all the way back to the 20th of August, and he's pitched five times, six times. So I think it was more let's bring him in, shake yeah. off the rust. We've got a big lead. Even if he gives up the hits like he did, it's more important to shake off the rust, get him fired up, get, you know, get him going, and uh, it worked. I mean, he gave it the hits. we win the game.
1: I don't think Dusty or the Astros are worried about that combined no hitter at all because it's not really a thing.
2: How many would it be for us, even (laughs) if it was a thing? Like four in the last couple years. In the last couple years, it's what we do. We do it all the time.
1: It's what we do. So Yiner went two for four with an RBI. Yiner, I mean, Jordan had a three-run homer. Tuck had a homer. Bregman had a homer, and the Astros win six. A tattoo. So now we have to hand out some hardware. You said you listened to the show, right? So you know all the awards, player, position, Coach Rose Award. So who do you have as pitcher of the series?
2: I mean, you got to give it to, to Hunter, don't you?
1: I do. I mean, you I don't have to, to but I'm going to.
2: Hunter so, Brown.
1: So Framber, Framber did amazing. Seven innings, and he gave up a couple of runs, but... Five innings of no hit? He just stole it.
2: I think five innings of no hit, and it looked like he did have a little left. Yeah. So I, I think I think you got to give it to Hunter. I mean, honestly, anytime Brian Abreu pitches, it's hard not to give it to him. But <laughs> you got to give it to, to Hunter Brown for this one, I think.
1: All right. Who you got for position player? This one's kind of tough. Because the only one that really did I was looking at it, and, like, Kyle Tucker had an RBI in, I think, game two. And tonight he had a home run. But he grounded in, he grounded out and got that RBI with the bases loaded. So I'm going to tell you what I did. I'm giving it to Jordan Alvarez for hitting that three-run home run, 117 miles per hour, because nobody really did anything. Game one, we didn't do anything. Game two, there wasn't much. Payne did okay, but yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna give it to Yiner. I mean, uh, Jordan Alvarez. I might,
2: I might give it to Altuve. He's had he had a hit in every game. The other guys, nobody else had a hit in all the games. There you Altuve go. Altuve had had a hit in every game. Uh, today, another or yeah, he had didn't have a hit today, but he had the run off the walk that gave Jordan the RBI. So he had. <laughs> a hit in the previous two games, and he still scored a run today. Um, like you said, Jordan had h- half of our RBIs yeah. just today alone. It's really hard not to give it to Jordan. Um, but just not to be the same as you, I'm going to give it to Altuve. You can four. do
1: whatever you want because, like I games. said, there's not. it's not like we sit down right here, who's the player of the series? This guy. Easily, without a doubt. No, you yeah. you you we ha- you, you, you have to find somebody to give it to. That's how, especially when you lose two games. That's how difficult it is. So, Coach Rose, winner, the person that over-exceeds your expectations. Who you got on that?
2: So, I got to do it again. Hunter Brown tonight, coming in, two game losing streak. The world's falling, and. Exceeds the expectations with five no hit innings, right?
1: I mean, so you're giving Hunter Brown two awards. I've got, I mean, when you come out, I don't know if that's ever been done. It should have been on this podcast. It It should have been a
2: no hitter today. And you come out, teams, the the world is falling for the team. They're losing to the A's at home. We're going to blow the, the lead. And you come out and do five no hit innings. and you're 10 and 11 you got 11 losses as a pitcher
1: (laughs) so there's people listening they're like why is this dude picking this guy for two awards i'll tell you why folks he's my rose winner too i give hunter brown both awards it's because i was like okay hunter is my rose winner and then i was like whoa whoa he's my pitch i'm gonna give it to him i don't care
2: I mean, like I said, for for a young guy to come into this spot on a losing streak—I mean, I know it's two games, but two games is a losing streak, especially late in the year in a division race. For him to say, "Hey guys, not not even get me a couple runs, get me one run, and we'll have the lead for a majority of the game," and then they exceeded that as well. He would no hits. I mean, you just got to give it to him. There, there. I don't think there's anybody
1: else for the series. You could no. Somebody I thought about giving it to is Jonathan Singleton because he hasn't played in forever, and he got a hit today. First start in a week and a half. And everybody was like, what? All right, so Seattle beat the Angels 3-2. to Toronto, I mean, Texas killed Toronto 10-0. to So your new standings, folks. Astros still in the lead. Texas one behind. Seattle is one and a half behind. You take a look at the wild card race. Tampa Bay has an eight and a half game cushion. Uh, Texas is has a half-game cushion, and Seattle. So as of today, if the playoffs started tomorrow, three American League West teams would be in the playoffs. But Toronto's only one behind. But Toronto had it. Toronto had the opportunity. What do you call it? The fates in your own hands? And they blew it. Texas dominated them.
2: You know, let's just uh, – let me just rub some – salt in the moon for Yankees fans here I remember I, I think at the start of the year everyone was saying the AL West was the best division not in baseball in all of sports uh, we got Yankees and Red Sox looking out we don't have that problem we got three of the top teams in in baseball right now I mean with the Mariners they started out slow the way they're playing you look at every rankings they're in the top five we're in the top five Rangers are in the top ten I mean the playoffs in the AL are gonna be insane. I think we get three in because I think if you look at Toronto's track record of big games, you look what they did last year against the Mariners, what were they up seven nothing in like the sixth in game three of the wild card and they lose, which is why we faced the Mariners last year. I mean, they just always seem to crumble. I think we legitimately get three in. And I think it's you know, it's gonna stay the same standings. I don't think I think Texas and Seattle could swap because the last games yeah. are against each other, but I think I think we get three into the division and the division is ours to lose with our our uh, remaining games versus theirs.
1: I think after Toronto, it's like Boston and New York, and they're like six and eight games behind or something. Both like are that.
2: both are seven and a half behind. There you then, go. Then you got like Cleveland and everyone else like
1: thirteen. Yeah. Cleveland's probably closer to Minnesota than they are making the wild card. You can look that up for me. Anyway, the Astros. are
2: seven back of
1: uh, their division and 12 of the wild card. (laughs) There you go. So the Astros are 38 and 37 at home. They are 45 and 27 on the road where they are headed now to Kansas City. (laughs) Kansas City, here they come. Kansas City, this is funny. I didn't even notice this till right now. The Astros have 45 road wins. The Royals have 45 total wins. 45 and 101. They have 26 wins, 26 and 46 at home. Javier against Grinky. It's always pretty cool to get to see Grinky. I I was hoping for a Grinky JV matchup, but that didn't happen. JP France against Reagan's. Sometimes I can't read my writing. And then Framber. So we got Javier, JP France, and Framber against Kansas City. Uh, We're off Thursday. So Grinky, Friday night is Grinky night. I will not get to watch the game. Because I will be announcing my very first high school football game. Hey, you're joining me. That's what I do. That's
2: what I do on Friday nights. Now, luckily, uh, the reason I had to listen to the game on the road on the way home is it is homecoming week for our high school. So our game is actually tomorrow, so it can be televised. So I get to watch Friday's game for the Friday game for the first time in three or four weeks. But (laughs) you're going to love announcing high school football. It is awesome. Electric. Yeah. Um, I'm looking looking at the Royals looking at the Royals. So I said, I'd get to this guy. The guy I am most scared of in our starting rotation is Christian Javier. Because I think he is absolute live or die by that fastball at times. And as we know, what happens with fastball guys is it gets hit really hard and really far sometimes. And he's given up a lot of homers at times this year in starts. And if we do lose a game against I think we do sweep them. But if we do lose a game, you know, Zach Grinky, he could pull out some crazy yeah. interesting Zach stuff. Zach Grinke is
1: going to be fun to watch.
2: Yeah, it could be that game against Javier. Um, by the way, I'm looking at this. They are giving away tickets at those Royals games. There are some tickets for five bucks. Could you
1: imagine being able to go to see the Astros for five dollars? Could you imagine what Christian Javier's record would be? He's like 11 and two. It, it and it doesn't make sense to me because they score for him. What what did not make sense
2: to me this year is um, looking at a lot of the odds for for awards coming into the year. I like to put out a bunch of posts on my socials of who I think is going to win. Cy Young, MVP, Rookie of the Year, World Series, everything. Right. I picked Framber, obviously, and um, Christian Javier had higher odds and better odds. At every place that you could put wagers on than Framber. I could not, for the life of me. I I guess the no-hitter in the World Series. That's the only thing I could think of, you know, like recency bias, no-hitter. I just didn't understand it.
1: We, I think I talked about that a couple podcasts ago. Is that, uh, I mean, I'm sure I've mentioned it at least five times this year, maybe. But Framber was like, I mean, not Framber, but CJ. You watch the MLB shows on TV, MLB Network. It's like Christian Javier is going to lead the American League in ERA. Christian Javier is going to lead the e- the American League in him strikeouts. <laughs> yeah.
2: They're calling him the Astros Ace. He's got a five ERA and he's eleven and two. I don't understand. Or he's four seven eight. You know, might as well be a five ERA. And I'm just so confused. Last year he had hundred ninety four strikeouts. He's only had hundred and thirty this year. Last year he pitched 148 innings with 194 strikeouts. After this next start, he'll be at the same amount of innings and unless he gets uh 62 strikeouts, <laughs> he's going to be way behind <laughs> with the same number of innings pitched. I just you know I don't last think he year he can
1: get 62 strikeouts. I I don't
2: think so, but last unless year unless they catch
1: had, the strikeout and drop it or they drop the strikeout and the yeah, guy runs it, to first, he's going to have to do lot. that like 30 times.
2: But yeah, I mean, last year he was averaging almost four strikeouts per walk. This year he's at two and a half. Last year in 148 innings he gave up 90, 89 hits. This year in 141 he's given up 129. He's given up 30 more runs this year in less innings. It, it just that's why. I wish that is, I had the skills was, to look
1: at his run support, but I don't have the time the, or the skills.
2: Yeah, but he is the scariest starter in our rotation yeah. for me. I and and people, some people I've talked to when Furlander came back wanted him at two and Verlander at three. And I'm like, are you insane?
1: CJ will come in and give up five runs in the first three innings, but the Astros will score 20. Like, mm-hmm. this is how I'm mean, exaggerating, but that's how it is. Like, they score for him and it's nuts. The guy should be two and 11, not 11 and two. It's just crazy.
2: And to be fair, uh, that's another thing we talk about a lot of the crew down here is, you know, last year we'd be like, oh, you know, if Garcia or whoever's pitching can just keep it within, you know, four or five runs, we'll win the game. This year, we need our starting pitchers to give up two runs or you don't know what offense is going to show up. Mm-hmm. Last couple of years, it's like, yeah, we'll score five. No problem. This year, you don't. We, we have no idea if we're going to score 15, or if we're going to score none.
1: We have a really good record when we score four runs. I don't remember what it is, but they showed it. And when we score three or less, it's pathetic. It's really, really bad. But I don't know what it is. But I don't know where people get this stuff. I don't know how they look that up so fast. Yeah, some guys are quick on it. I've got to take time and study it. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, we are almost out of time. So if you have anything you want to add, that might have been what you wanted to add about Christian Javier. But if you have anything else you want to add, you got a couple minutes
2: no so something interesting I wanted to speak on real quick of this series that we talked about is um I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a trivia question here all right who coming into the season had the longest was the team that had not been no hit for the longest so so what team had not given up a no-hitter for the longest amount of
1: time coming into the year so, what team has not been no-hit the longest by another team? Okay. I would say the Astros because I don't remember it happening.
2: It was the Oakland A's coming into what? the year. They had not been no-hit since 1991. Jermon uh, threw the perfect game for the Yankees against them this year, and then we could have had one tonight. Dang. And We, we dropped. So, that tells you how historically bad this A's team is being the second team in baseball with 100 losses is going to be historically bad. And we went one and two against them. We've got to figure it out. We've got yeah. to.
1: You know the thing that also we're running out of time but you can think about this and we can talk about it another time. Love to have you come back. Uh Anytime. but uh the thing about Oakland and even the Yankees is their seasons are over and they're playing their young guys and these young guys are uh contributing that Dominguez guy for the Yankees yeah. is. They're contributing. Judge, so it's Judge good. 2. It's 9. a positive. They're ready for next yep. year. As the Mets showed you this year, folks, you cannot buy a championship. You have to do what the Astros do. You have to do what Baltimore does. Grow your system, raise your own children, and win the games. Anyway, Stephen, thanks for joining me tonight and everyone else out there. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. We'll see you next time.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple.